What does strength look like? And would we know it if we saw it? So over the past uh, couple weeks, we've been looking at the story of Samson from the Old Testament. A man from the outside seemed incredibly strong. I mean, he was attacked by a lion and he tore it in half. He killed 30 men and stole their clothes all to pay off a debt that he owed. He slayed a thousand men with nothing but a donkey's jawbone. Incredible feats of strength. But we've also seen all throughout Samson's life, every step of the way, that he had this incredibly weak self-control. He had this incredible strength from God. But he blew it. He wasted it time and time again. I mean, this is a story of just male stupidity on steroids. And today we'll see just how costly, just how costly this would be. So last week, if you were here, uh, Tim preached, and, and he did a great job with like the two and a half chapters of scripture that I gave him to preach on, uh, and he took us uh, through Samson's life up until the point of uh, that battle with a thousand men, uh, but there's one thing that I'm just a little disappointed that, that Tim didn't you know, lift up for you all and, and really kind of dig deep into it. And it's, it's a verse that, that's so important. Uh, it's a verse that, that really says so much, and, and I think it deserves our attention. So, so listen up carefully. This is Judges 15, uh, verse 16. It says, With the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys out of them. With a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. And if you look at the Hebrew of this, to call someone a donkey, it means the exact same thing in English, okay? Like, that's what Samson says. Uh, uh, so, I mean, this just shows you how, like, ridiculous the story is. It shows you how ridiculous uh, Samson is. I mean, that's just a statement of pure pride and arrogance, that, that he's now gloating over his dead enemies. And now Samson has become public enemy number one. But notice what immediately follows after this verse. It's the most miraculous thing that happens in the entire story up until this point. For the very first time, Samson prays. For the first time throughout his entire life that we have record of, Samson prays. Verse 18, this is what it says. Because he was very thirsty. All because he was thirsty, he cried out to the Lord. Lord, you have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die in thirst and fall to the hands of the uncircumcised, the Philistines, his enemies? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. So the spring was called En-Hakor, and it is still there in Lehi. For the first time ever, Samson prays to God. And we know the story that, that Samson is so incredibly strong only because God's spirit was strong within him. That he had done all this 
physically incredible stuff, but never once did Samson stop to pray. Never once did Samson ask for God's wisdom. Never once did Samson stop to thank God for what God had done through him so that he could do what he did. And usually, usually Samson only managed to make matters worse for himself. And so I, I, I wonder, I wonder how much of the mess of Samson's life could have been avoided if he would have prayed. And you know, looking back on my life, I, I wonder how much of the mess I could have avoided if I would have sought God first. But here's the truth. Is that sometimes desperation can be a gift. Sometimes desperation can be a gift that Samson cried out to God all because he was thirsty. That sometimes it takes something to make you fall on your face to seek after the Lord. For the first time, Samson recognizes that he's not as strong as he thought that he was. For the first time, Samson recognizes that he's not invincible. For the first time, Samson recognizes God and recognizes his need for God. And so he cries out to God And then here's what happens. This is the very next verse. It says, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. That's the first good news in this entire story. For the first time, Samson is on track with God's assignment for his life. For the first time, Samson is on track for what God has called him to do. And he led Israel for 20 years, 20 faithful years. Samson followed God and Samson led the people faithfully. But if you know Samson by this point, you know that it didn't last. It says... One day, one day, I mean, the writing of this story is like a soap opera. It's just so good. It's so good. One day, that one day you can make one bad decision that sets you on a path of self-destruction. One day, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. Now Gaza, you should know, Gaza is the headquarters of Philistine territory, Samson's enemies. So one day he just decides to go down to Gaza to find a prostitute in the middle of enemy territory. I mean, (laughs) who would be so stupid to risk so much for so little? And on top of that, no, no God-honoring Israelite would ever go down to Gaza, but Samson would. Because Samson has the attitude, I can handle it. That whatever comes my way, I can handle it. I've been there before and I've escaped. I've gotten out of it. I can handle it. Samson's pride makes him think that he can handle anything. Another thing you should know about Gaza Gaza was about 45 miles away from Samson's hometown of Zorah. 
And so that's like me walking to Plant City. And nothing good can ever come from Plant City. We know that, right? <laughs> Kidding for anyone. Don't, I don't mean to offend any Plant Cityites or whatever, okay? Um, but, but here's the thing. This was about 45 miles that Samson traveled by foot. 45 miles in the wrong direction. Into enemy territory and away from God's leading. And so I got this Fitbit pedometer tractor, tracker thing and, and, and I realized that it takes me about 2,000 steps to walk a mile. So 2,000 times 45, that's 90,000 steps. It's Samson took 90,000 steps in the wrong direction. 90,000 steps into enemy territory. 90,000 steps into a bad idea. 90,000 steps. And 90,000 opportunities for him to say, what am I thinking? Turn around. 90,000 opportunities for Samson to turn around and turn back to God and turn back to the people that God had told Samson to lead. What am I thinking? Turn around. But we know what Samson's thinking. Samson's thinking, I can handle it. And you know what? We sometimes think that too. Because when we fall, when we sin, when we fall short and begin to self-destruct, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen immediately. It happens one small step at a time in the wrong direction. Exactly what Samson did. It starts with a warm smile that turns into some innocent flirting, that turns into some long lunch breaks, that turns into some text messages throughout the night, that turns into an affair. That it starts as self-medicating that turns into an addiction. It's something that starts as an innocent search on your internet that turns into 90,000 clicks and an addiction to pornography. 90,000 opportunities to check yourself and say, what am I thinking? Am I willing to risk so much for so little? But Samson thought he could handle it. And you know, we get that. Because we can become the world's best salesperson when it comes to selling ourselves into a really bad idea. We can become the world's best lawyer when it comes to defending and justifying a bad idea. We can sell ourselves into some really bad ideas. We can rationalize our patterns of sin. 
The Apostle Paul said this in Romans 7. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, that's the very thing that I do. Isn't it frustrating to keep falling to the same thing over and over and over again? Isn't it frustrating to get caught in that pattern of sin over and over and over again? And so he goes on and he says this, For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. On the inside, I I delight in God's law. You know, Samson was born with a very specific assignment to deliver God's people And he was able to do that through the strength of the Holy Spirit that was working inside of him to accomplish this assignment. I mean, Samson knew that that he had this incredible strength, but he never figured out why he was so strong. He never figured out what he should use his strength for. It just never clicked for him. And so he kept on doing whatever seemed right in his own eyes, whatever he wanted whenever he wanted, with whomever he wanted. But he had this strength in his inner being. Paul talks about this and he says, I have this strength in my inner being. I I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. I I see how I rationalize and I justify my sin. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. Who will come and rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Samson says, I can handle it. I'll take 90,000 steps in the wrong direction, go behind enemy territory, and give myself over to my lustful desires. And you know what? It worked. At least for now. It worked. He got away with it this time. Samson spends the night with a prostitute. And the Philistines surround the place where they're staying. But Samson escapes. And on his way out of Gaza, he takes the gates off of the city, rips them off their hinges, the symbol of their safety and security, as if to say to the Philistines, you think you're safe from me, no one is safe from me. And he escapes getting caught, at least for now, adding to his pride self-justifying himself in his pattern of sin. But then along comes Delilah. And if you know the story of Samson, you know Delilah. Delilah. Just get it out because I know you're all thinking it, right? Okay. So... uh, Delilah's name means, means hanging or, or dangling. And so Samson takes this low-hanging fruit, dangling right before his eyes, and he was stupid enough to fall in love with Delilah. And here, watch what happens. 
It says, then the rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, see if you can lure, you all know what a lure is, right? A lure is something that looks like something, but it's not that something. It's a fake something that has some hooks in it. So go to Samson and see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. That's a whole lot of money. And so Delilah comes to Samson and she says, Honey, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. (laughs) I mean, seriously, right? Like, it doesn't get much more obvious than that. That's like, that's that's in the scripture, okay? I mean, if, if Jenny and I are out on a date and in the middle of dinner, she turns to me and says, Hey, sweetie, what would be the best way for me to kill you? I mean, like... Some red flags would go off a little bit, right? But Samson, Samson, like a prideful idiot, he says, okay, if you use seven fresh bowstrings and you tie me up, I'll I'll be as weak as any other man and I, I won't be able to get out. So Samson falls asleep. The Philistines come. They tie him up using seven fresh bowstrings. He wakes up, breaks the strings, and walks away free. Now Delilah's all upset uh, because Samson lied to her. And so she asks him again, Darling, tell me, please, what's the best way for me to trap you and kill you? So Samson says, okay, okay, okay. It's not the bowstrings, it's actually rope. If you use rope, you tie me up, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Samson falls asleep. They come in, they tie him up with fresh rope, wakes up in the morning, breaks the rope, walks away. Now Delilah is all upset and she asks again, okay, for real this time, tell me, what's the best way for me to kill you? And now Samson gives her a little bit of a better clue, a a little bit closer to the target. And he says, if you take seven locks of my hair and, and you put it essentially in this sewing machine, then all become as weak as any other man. Now, if you remember back from a couple weeks ago, Samson's strength came from his hair because Samson had taken a Nazarite vow from his birth, meaning that there was three things that he was to avoid. He wasn't allowed to drink any alcohol. He wasn't allowed to touch any dead things. And he wasn't allowed to get a haircut. And he's already broken the first two parts of that. But he hasn't had a haircut yet. And so Samson falls asleep. Delilah takes seven braids of his hair, puts it in the sewing machine, but doesn't cut it. And so he wakes up, and he breaks free. And so if you get to this point of the story, and you're thinking like... (laughs) Is it possible that a man could be this stupid? I mean, who would be so stupid to risk so much 
for so little. Can't can he see that, that she's bad news? Like, stay away from her. Is it really possible for a man to be driven by sex and lust that he just keeps making the same mistake over and over and over and over again? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is possible. Men are pretty simple. I don't mean to offend you, but I'm just going to speak on behalf of all men for a moment, okay? Men were pretty simple. We need three things. We need food, sex, and every now and again, we need an attaboy, okay? You know, an attaboy, it's one of those like, oh, good job, good boy, attaboy, I saw you take out the trash, attaboy, go get a job now, right? Attaboy, right? That's, that's, that's essentially all that we need to be happy. And if we just had to choose one of the three... We'd probably all starve. So <laughs> Samson just keeps going back to Delilah. And it, it reminds me of, of one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's one that uh, every middle school boy loves. It's Proverbs 26, and it says this. It says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. That's the story of Samson. It's pretty self-explanatory that some of you didn't know that that was in the Bible. It's actually really a good book. You should read it sometime. But it's this next verse that I think is really insightful for us. It says, Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. That Samson was wise and what he thought was his own eyes. He did whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, with whomever he wanted. He did whatever he thought was right in his own eyes. I want it, so I'll take it. I deserve it, so I'll take it. I can handle it, because I've handled it before. And so Delilah comes to Samson a fourth time. And she's all upset now. And she says, if you really loved me, Samson, you would tell me how to kill you. You're embarrassing me in front of all my Philistine friends. And it says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So when the sex didn't work, the nagging did. So he told her everything. No razor has ever touched my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. He tells the truth. And it's almost... (laughs) It's almost as if Samson remembered, just for a moment, who he was created to be. I've been a Nazarite, dedicated to God, from my mother's womb. Even though Samson did some physically amazing things, he always underperformed in his potential. Samson knew that he was strong, but he never quite figured out what he was strong for because he was never able to see past what was right in his own eyes. 
You see, Samson had this ambition, but he was never really stable in it. You know what ambition is. Ambition is that, that desire and that determination to achieve some success. But, but Samson was never really clear about what success looked like to him. Yet God called Samson to deliver the Israelites. God raised up Samson, gave him this amazing strength. But Samson thought that it was all about him. Samson thought that all the glory was all for him. And so even even when you have strength, if you don't have stability, you're going to end up slipping. Let me say that another way. That strength without stability will always lead you to slip. That if you're in the gym and you're trying to bench press, you know, a, a lot of weight. If, if you're not stable, even though you may have the strength to push the bar up, if you're not stable, you'll slip and you'll hurt yourself. That if you're strong in your business or your work, but you're stable in your ethics, you'll slip. That if you feel like you're, you're strong in your marriage, but you're not stable in where your eyes are wandering off to, You'll slip. Strength without stability will lead you to slip. And you have no strength without stability. That if you don't have stability, then then ultimately you have no strength. You see, the only thing that Samson ever wanted bad enough to go out and pursue was revenge and women. That when a woman caught his eye, Samson went out and took her. And when somebody ticked Samson off, he just went out and killed them. But that was never what Samson was meant to use his strength for. And when when your ambition is not aligned with your assignment, then even your greatest achievements will be empty. That when you don't have your ambitions aligned with your divine assignment, then even your greatest achievements are going to be empty and in vain. Samson's ambitions were never aligned with God's assignment, and so he risked it all for something that was so stupid. And thus began the tragic fall of Samson, the 9,000th and one step. Here's what it says. It says, After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. Now Delilah gets a bad rap here, and and she should, but if you lay your head in Delilah's lap, you shouldn't be surprised if you wake up bald. Right? But seriously, like, whose fault is this, really? I mean, Samson's the one who played along with this sick little game. Samson was the one who, who let his ego get so inflated. Who's, whose fault is it, really? 
that you're the one that placed yourself in this situation. You're the one that didn't check yourself. You're the one that lacked self-control. You're the one that kept swiping the credit card, and now you're surprised when you see the debt that's there. You're the one that kept returning to your vomit like a dog. You're the one who took all of those small steps towards self-destruction. Who's at fault here? So it says... And his strength left him. And it wasn't just because he got a haircut. Samson lost his strength because he lost self-control. He compromised his calling one small step at a time in the wrong direction. He gave in to the attitude of lust. I want it. And if you always give in to the attitude of I want it, then one day you're going to wake up and say, I regret it. Then Delilah called. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he didn't know that the Lord had left him. That's one of the saddest verses in this whole tragic story. That Samson didn't know that the Lord had left him. He, he thought that he could go on as before, that he could keep on doing the same things that he had done before. He had gotten away already. What's different about this time? That he didn't think that his disobedience would actually cost him something. He didn't think that his disobedience would ever catch up to him and actually cost him something until they came for Samson after the spirit had left him and now he's just a shell of a man his hair's cut symbolizing to the rest of the world that this man has disobeyed God what a shameful scene so they shackled him with bronze shackles And they gouged out his eyes. That Samson, this pillar of strength, has now become a sideshow jester. He's hairless, eyeless, prisoner. And when they took out his eyes, it was merely an external representation of what had been going on internally for 20 years. For 20 years, Samson hadn't looked out for anyone besides himself. For 20 years, Samson didn't see past beyond what was right in his own eyes. He didn't look out for the people that were around him, the people that he was called to lead. And you know, it's really hard to lead the people when you refuse to see them. It's really hard to lead those that you refuse and neglect to see. Samson only did what was, whatever was right in his own eyes, and now, now they're gone from him. And Samson will die in chains. So why do I tell you this story? Is it just so that we can be entertained by another man's fall? If we wanted that, we could just 
turn on the news and find that any other day of the week. Why talk about this? Well, I'm telling you because. Because you have no idea what God could do through you. You have no idea what God wants to do through you. You have no idea of the power that God is capable of working within you. You have no idea about what God could do through you. That 1,300 years after Samson's death, after this physically strong man just became a puddle of weakness, there was another man who would write to the early church, to Christians who were struggling in their own faith. And he would say this, he says, Do you not know that your temples are, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that dwelt in Samson to give him his strength, that same spirit that raised Christ from the grave to bring about resurrection and new creation, that same spirit now lives in you. Your your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Don't, Don't you know that? That when you became a Christian, when you committed your life to Christ, when when you got baptized, God's powerful spirit came to rest upon you. That God's powerful spirit came to dwell upon you. That same spirit that was given to Samson to use his strength, that same spirit now lives within you. Don't waste it. Don't waste it as Samson did. Don't neglect the gift that was given to you. Don't waste it. Don't risk something so valuable for something that's just so stupid. Don't take another step towards self-destruction, but turn around and turn back to God. Because as Paul goes on, he says, you're not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your Spirit indwelt <coughs> bodies. And if you always live your life from the outside in, always doing what seems right in your own eyes, then you will always live your life being led by lust, entitlement, and pride. And while you may seem so strong on the outside, On the inside, the truth is, you're pretty weak. But here's the good news. We serve a God who loves to make the weak strong. We serve a God who can transform us from the inside out. And so let me me just get real, and let me just get real honest. Where are you stepping away from God? Where are you stepping away from the direction that God wants you to go in? Where is your heart drifting off to? Where have your ambitions gotten out of line with the divine assignment that God has given you? Where where are you stepping away from God? And that's such an important question because, because you are only as strong as you are honest. 
You're only as strong as you are honest because honesty keeps us stable. So where are you stepping away from God? And if you feel like you're in the midst of a mess right now, that first step back towards wholeness, it's always honesty. So don't neglect it. Don't waste the gift that was given to you. So God, I pray that for all of us here today, Lord, whatever is is weak and maybe fractured in our lives, Lord, that you would give us the strength to bring those before you. God, to show you those weak spots. And Lord, that you would transform us and make us new, that you would strengthen us from the inside with the power of your spirit. God, we lay our hearts open before you. We surrender before you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.